Welcome to this training. My name is Judith Poulton and I am a community pharmacist with a special interest in health education. This training is to support you and your team through the COVID-19 pandemic and to help ensure you have a robust COVID-19 business resilience plan for your pharmacy. As we are all aware, things are changing rapidly and we will update relevant sections of this training as these changes occur. In this training, we are going to concentrate on the actions you need to consider, including care of your team, where you can get up-to-date information, and how you can continue to provide care to all your patients during the current COVID-19 pandemic. When planning, you need to consider that potentially 50% or more of your workforce may be unavailable for lengthy periods of time due to they themselves or members of their family being ill, self-isolating or shielded, having to deal with bereavement, childcare responsibilities if schools need to close, stress and other mental health issues. Pandemics can occur when a new virus emerges, which is markedly different from recently circulating strains and to which humans have little or no immunity. COVID-19 is an illness caused by a coronavirus. Human coronaviruses are common and are typically associated with mild illnesses, similar to the common cold. Because of this lack of immunity, the virus is able to infect more humans over a large geographical area, spread rapidly and efficiently from person to person, and cause clinical illness in a proportion of those infected. It is easily passed from person to person when an infected person coughs or sneezes. It can also spread through hand-stroke-face contact after touching anything that may become contaminated with the virus. All businesses and NHS providers, including community pharmacy contractors, need to have the ability to cope with emergency situations so that wherever possible, they can continue to provide services to patients and the public. The GPHC also has the same expectation. A standard 1.1 states, the risks associated with providing pharmacy services are identified and managed. And the expectation would be, as part of this, that every pharmacy has a business continuity plan and that all the team members are aware of it. An emergency event can be anything that has the potential to disrupt normal service delivery, but essentially it could be anything from a loss of a resource, for example buildings, people, equipment, etc., an increase in demand, for example a road traffic collision, health scare, or possibly both, for example, a pandemic. Your business continuity plan should describe how your pharmacy intends to maintain its critical operations to minimise the impact of a pandemic emergency. It should specify necessary resources, key contact lists and clear procedures that will be required to be followed by any member of the team during the crisis. PSNC have a COVID-19 page with all the information you need to build your plan and there is a link to it on the resources page on the right hand side of this screen. All community pharmacies should be ensuring that their business continuity plans are up to date so that they can be called upon should the pharmacy require them in the coming weeks as the COVID-19 pandemic accelerates. 
you need to consider the high possibility that you may lose team members because they need to self-isolate or family members are in isolation. We will look at the following areas that you and your team will need to consider when building your plan. General advice, including sales to customers, information sources, your team, personal protection equipment, opening times, pharmacy services and deliveries. Remember, this is about your team working together and therefore please ensure that everybody is involved and knows where to find information. We will start by looking at what needs to be in your plan for your people. The first thing you must ensure is that you have a contact list for all your team, including drivers, relief pharmacists and locums. You should also have contact details for locum agencies, suppliers, the LPC, the GPHC, local NHS England teams, the CCG, the DOS team, the drug and alcohol service leads, care homes and other local pharmacies who you have buddied with. Please ensure you keep the list updated regularly. You also need to consider the health and well-being of all of your team. In your pharmacy, you are also advised to protect your team by ensuring that patient information posters are displayed clearly so that patients can see them before entering the premises by displaying them on doors and windows as well as on medicines counters and any other site so that patients can clearly see them. The link to these posters is on the resources page. You will also need to put measures in place to keep patients and team members at least two metres apart wherever possible to prevent droplet spread. Use barriers if possible or use tape on the floor to mark two metre lines and also limit the number of people who are in the pharmacy at any one time to ensure this is met. Please ensure that patients waiting outside your pharmacy to come in are also maintaining a two metre distance from others. You may wish to erect perspex screens as evidence shows that these are good in protecting you and your team and it would be prudent to either do it yourself or failing this, ensure you get a number of quotes to ensure you get the best price. Please also ensure that your team wash their hands regularly for the allocated 20 seconds using soap and that you are regularly cleaning surfaces including counters, chairs, door handles, stationery, phones, keyboards, tills and staff eating areas etc. Maybe you could create a cleaning rotor. You could also consider covering hard to clean areas such as keyboards with clear bags. Make sure you have enough waste bins and bags. Double bag used tissues or disposable cleaning cloths and separate from other waste for 72 hours before placing in external waste bins. Please also ensure that you rotate your team if possible so that they have time when they are not patient facing and encourage people to use contactless forms of payment if possible. Finally, you and your team need to ensure that you are getting adequate rest and taking breaks. You need to also consider you and your team's mental well-being during these challenging times and ensure that your team and yourself are looking after themselves. There is a link to the NHS Five Steps to Mental Wellbeing on the resources page. NHSE and I 
have also issued information on the first in a series of psychological support for all NHS staff, including those working in primary care during the COVID-19 outbreak. The initial offer involves free access to a number of wellbeing apps, including Unmind, Headspace, Sleepo and Daylight, from now until the end of December 2020, to support healthcare workers' mental health and wellbeing. There is a link to the NHS Employers website on the resources page. An NHS email account may be required to access some of the apps. The Community Pharmacy COVID-19 SOP, the link is on our resources page, states in general, it is currently not recommended that pharmacy staff need to wear face masks to protect against the virus. On April 2nd, additional guidance was issued by PHE on the use of PPE, which recommends the use of masks in pharmacies when working in an area with possible or confirmed cases and where pharmacy teams are unable to maintain two metres social distance. If, however, a patient, a delivery driver or a member of the team presents with COVID-19 symptoms, that is, a new continuous cough, and or a high temperature of 37.8 degrees centigrade or higher, and is too unwell to return home, they should be asked to remain in your designated isolation space, with the door closed. Staff should be advised not to enter the room and to communicate through the door. If contact with a patient is unavoidable, the team member should use personal protective equipment, PPE, including gloves, apron, and a fluid-resistant mask. The PPE equipment should be disposed of as clinical waste. You should also prepare a patient support pack to be held in reserve that may include items such as bottled water, disposable tissues and a clinical waste bag. However, understandably, you and your team do not feel safe while working on the front line without PPE, so you will need to strike a balance between the advice to only wear it in a high-risk situation versus the need to keep your pharmacy open. If you and your team wear PPE in situations other than high-risk ones, you must be aware of the following. As a country, we will use our PPE quicker than expected, which may mean when we really do need it, we don't have any. And secondly, PPE does not negate the need for the basics, such as hand washing, to be adhered to. Finally, if you do need to decontaminate your pharmacy, this should be carried out in line with government guidance, and there is a link to this on the resources page. As we are all aware, there has been a marked increase in demand for certain products. To ensure that there is enough supply for everyone, pharmacies have been asked to restrict the supply of certain products, including soap, hand sanitizers, some over-the-counter products and formula milk. We will look at information and support next. It is important that you are getting regular updates so that you and your team can take appropriate action when asked to do so. The best way of doing this is to ensure that you and your team have access to the PSNC newsletter, which is updated each evening with that day's news. The link to signing up to this is on the resources page on the right-hand side of this screen. 
Various information is already available and includes information issued by NHS E and I, which includes the COVID-19 standard operating procedure, webinars with useful up-to-date information, and a preparedness letter. A dedicated COVID-19 page on the PSNC website, which captures everything. GPHC guidance, a Royal Pharmaceutical Society COVID-19 dedicated page, and Public Health England's Public Health Matters blog. The link to all these information sources are on the resources page. However, to keep things simple for you and your team at this time, you may just choose to use the PSNC's page, as this covers everything. If you work for a company, you may in addition have information from your head office that you are required to follow. Locally, your LPC, NHS E&I team, Clinical Commissioning Group, that is the CCG, the GPHC inspector, may all be able to support you if you have questions or are struggling. Please ensure that you do contact them to allow them the opportunity of helping you. Please also talk to your local pharmacies so that you have a buddy system in place. Please check with your LPC as they may have already looked into this for you. You also should be completing the form on farm outcomes, which we will look at later in this training. The GPHC have also issued guidance to responsible pharmacists and their teams to help in these unprecedented circumstances. If the responsible pharmacist unavoidably has to leave the pharmacy at short notice during the day, for example if they were unwell and needed to self-isolate, and no locum cover can be secured for the pharmacy, and, recognising the potential effects of the current pandemic, it would be in the patient's best interests for medicines already dispensed to be supplied from the pharmacy, rather than not supplied at all even though this may not be in strict accordance with the law as normally understood. However, please note that this approach should only be used for a short period of time where all other options have been exhausted. Except in such exceptional circumstances, even the current pandemic situation, arrangements must be made for a pharmacist to be at the pharmacy, including to undertake the responsible pharmacist role and supervise the sale and supply of POM and P medicines. There is more information on this on the resources page on the right-hand side of the screen. We will now look at the resilience of the Community Pharmacy Network and how this can be protected in the coming weeks. To support community pharmacies and their teams, both from a patient safety perspective and from the perspective of the whole team's safety and health and well-being, pharmacies will be able to review their opening hours in line with the issued guidance. The guidance states that if, under significant pressure at the discretion of the responsible pharmacist, pharmacies may close their doors to the public for up to two and a half hours a day, including lunch. Community pharmacies are expected to be open to the public between 10am and 12pm and 2pm and 4pm as a minimum, if these are your contracted core or supplementary hours, and, similarly, 100-hour pharmacies should be open for the following hours, 10am to 12pm and 2pm and 6pm as a minimum. You must put a poster on your door telling the public how they can contact the pharmacy if it is urgent. 
There is no requirement to inform NHSE and I as long as you don't work behind closed doors for more than two and a half hours. As mentioned in the earlier section about people, the health and mental well-being of your team and the ability to maintain a safe pharmaceutical service is of paramount importance and therefore it is important that you do take advantage of the ability to close even if it is only for a short time. Even if the team is well and healthy and you are coping, please consider other tasks that need to be done, including ensuring that your pharmacy completes the end of the month submission of your prescriptions on time, as failure to do this could have a hugely detrimental effect on the pharmacy's cash flow. Please ensure that you are using some of the temporary closing time to send and dispense and claim messages frequently throughout the month as leaving them all to the end of the month means that there is a risk that payments could be delayed if there was a technical fault or temporary closure that prevented the successful transmission of the claims. In line with other pharmacies, you and your team will have seen an increase in prescription volumes, including many coming from displaced patients. Please ensure you and your team check and apply the correct exempt or paid status on both EPS and paper prescriptions before submitting for payment. If your regular courier service is unavailable, you should make alternative arrangements for delivery of your prescription bundles using a secure track and trace method. There is further advice on this on the PSNC's website and there is a link to it on the resources page. There may be occasions during the COVID-19 pandemic that due to circumstances beyond the control of you and your team mean that you may need to temporarily close the pharmacy. Those circumstances could include that too many team members or the pharmacists have or are suspected of having COVID-19 or that the pharmacy may require a deep clean. You should not be at risk of receiving a breach notice during this pandemic provided you have done the following. 1 you have notified NHSE and I as soon as practical. And two, you and your team make all reasonable endeavours to reopen the pharmacy. If you are notified of a breach notice being served against your pharmacy, we would advise you to contact your LPC immediately. You and your team will also need to ensure that you have undertaken a number of tasks, such as returning any unprocessed EPS prescriptions to the spine, informing your suppliers as you won't be there to accept deliveries, advising your daily supervised clients of your closure and how they are going to access their medication, informing the DOS team, checking your NHS mailbox for any urgent emails and contacting your buddy pharmacies. The PSNC has a really clear document with a checklist that should help you and the team if you are in this situation and the link to this can be found on the resources page. A reporting template allowing pharmacies to record their operational status has been made available on farm outcomes. This will allow your pharmacy to record the level at which you are operating against a red, amber, green traffic light system and provide feedback to LPCs and your head office, if applicable, about the challenges you are currently facing. If you record an amber status, the template allows you to record and feedback details of your operational challenges 
and also provide information on planned closures in line with the COVID-19 SOP. If, however, your pharmacy faces no alternative but to close, that is, recording a red status, the template supports recording of the actions taken in line with the official requirements and details of the closure itself. All the information recorded and saved for a red status will then pre-populate a form that can be printed when data is saved. The form can be sent to the regional NHS office to inform them of the closure. A green status is assumed if nothing is recorded, but it is useful to record that your pharmacy is operating normally with no protected time closures planned. We will now move on to look at particular groups of patients, including those who are receiving supervised consumption or those patients who use a multi-compartment compliance aid or any care homes you support. With all of these groups, you and your team need to start from the following premise. If I have less than half of my team or no dispensers, then which homes or people will have to go without? We will start by looking at your supervised consumption patients first. The key things you need to do now and consider if you haven't already include How will you manage self-isolating patients? How will you manage any potential pharmacy closures or disruption in your supply chain? Actions here may include talking to your buddy pharmacy or pharmacies to see whether they would be able to help. Contacting the prescriber so that they can assess the suitability of moving the patient to less frequent collections. The input of your pharmacist in these discussions will be invaluable. Please remember that dispensing should still be done in daily bottles to reduce the risk and remember to endorse these prescriptions with PD in brackets M where N equals the number of bottles provided, minus the number of times dispensed. Please see the example on the screen. Please remember reducing the number of visits to the pharmacy will also help infection control in this highly vulnerable group. Finally, there is an excellent document including a letter that can be used by representatives collecting on behalf of patients in self-isolation, And the link to this and information on how to endorse prescriptions is on the resources page on the right-hand side of this screen. Many pharmacies support large numbers of patients with multi-compartment compliance aids and, as you and your team are aware, the dispensing and checking of these is a highly labour-intensive task. As part of business continuity planning, All patients, therefore, need to be assessed to determine the level of risk posed to the individual by removing the service, that is, low, medium or high. High risk patients are the patients that absolutely you don't want to stop doing their boxes as they need them, and low risk are those who like their boxes but don't need them. An Equality Act assessment may also be required to determine any additional support necessary in relation to any long-term disabilities they have. For patients who are low risk, it would be prudent to start removing the service as soon as possible by moving to supply in original packs, thus freeing up capacity to enable the pharmacy team to start assessments with patients who are in the medium risk group. There is a link to more guidance and a letter that you can give to the patient or their relatives on the resources page. The time you free up from these patients will allow you the capacity to review your more complex patients. 
Your pharmacy may also support care homes, and you and your team will need to take the same approach with these, that is, assessing the level of risk, low, medium and high, to the care home posed by moving to an original pack dispensing plus a mar chart. You will need to have an open and honest conversation with the home management team about changing them and what challenges that will pose them so that you can work together to get the best outcomes for all concerned. When this guidance was followed by one of the virtual outcomes team, two hours of phone calls resulted in four out of the six homes agreeing and 130 beds moving to original packs plus a mar chart, thus freeing up significant time for that team. There is more information on the resources page on how to do this. Finally, please don't wait until you are at the point where you have no capacity before you start these actions. You and your team need to do it now. All pharmacies have seen an increased demand from their patients for their medicines to be delivered. And as part of the government's response to protect the 1.5 million shielded vulnerable patients, this demand will continue to grow for the foreseeable future. Please remember the following when people are contacting you and your team to get their prescriptions delivered. And although it will be challenging, you need to restrict the delivery service to the most vulnerable patients. Therefore, you need to ask them if they have anybody else who can pick up their prescription. With a large number of people now working from home, there is potentially more friends and family available to do this for them. Currently, PSNC is in discussions with NHS and the Department of Health and Social Care regarding a new National Community Pharmacy Medicines Delivery Service to support the shielded patients. As soon as we have any more information available, we will update this course and republish it. There are pre-existing vetted volunteer groups that your local authority or LPC may be able to give you details for. Please, however, check with your head office their position on using volunteers before using them. I would strongly recommend that you and your team consider using volunteers to deliver medicines to patients, as this will reduce the amount of contact the pharmacy team is having with patients. For example, one volunteer delivering to 10 patients means you are only seeing one person instead of 10. And thus, in turn, this reduces the risk of infection to both you and your team and your patients. This should also help reduce phone calls asking about deliveries. If you choose to use volunteers from any source to help deliver prescriptions, please ensure that you conduct due diligence and consider the following. 1. Please ensure that you have seen evidence that the volunteer has been DBS checked. 2. Insurance. 3. Confidentiality. 4. Training. Some companies have produced some training and there are links to this on the resources page. 5. SOPs. And finally, 6. The suitability of medicines to be delivered. Speak to your responsible pharmacist who should be able to advise you on this. We have now come to the end of this course, but as we are all aware, we are in a rapidly changing situation. We will update the course when new pertinent information is released and you will be able to check when the last update was completed 
as we will ensure that we date stamp the latest edition on the course sign-up and overview panel on the right-hand side of the screen. When you rejoin to view the new updates, we will indicate the time position you need to scroll the video to. We are in unprecedented times and community pharmacy is rising to a difficult challenge. The team here at Virtual Outcomes would like to thank each and every one of you for the incredible work and dedication you have displayed. None of us know how long we are going to have to work in these challenging conditions and I would urge you and your team to implement the suggestions in this training to ensure that you have resilience to last the course. Remember, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Thank you for listening.